Support for K-Town comes from Imperial College Healthcare, Community Clinic 6. Chapter 1 Even a stopped clock tells the right time twice a day. I grew up in Kidderminster. I know, you can tell by the accent. A middling town of 50,000 people, 15 miles southwest of Birmingham and 40 miles east of Wales. For years it was home to the British carpet industry, until the nation's predilection for artisan-reclaimed floorboards and high-end hardwood parquet and panelling shut the factory gates forever. In the summers of my youth, the sticky stench of sugar beet hung over the town like molasses. But in 2004, British Sugar closed its doors. The town centre, once home to a bustling market, busy shops and a lively music scene, is now little more than a succession of half-empty charity stores and some weird LP-shaped benches that commemorate the town's musical heritage in a completely unreadable font that is equal part Led Zeppelin logo and word art. If I were to guess, I'd say it's a free one they got off the internet called Black Dog Sands, Physical Graffiti or Let Zepp. Kidderminster has always seemed a little out of time. It still has a steam railway, it's picturesque. And as recently as the 1960s, people in the surrounding villages lived in actual caves. But surely its clock can have stopped altogether. I checked TripAdvisor. Seven of their top ten things to do in Kidderminster weren't in Kidderminster. Number three on the list was leave. I got an email from Tim. What are you doing this weekend? From Wolfmania and this West Midland life, I'm Andrew Wolfman. We're going to K-Town. Closed, yeah. Very vibrant. That's Tim yeah. talking. It's uh, just trying to point out some more places of local interest for you. Um, and that's me. Without uh, getting my head caved in. <laughs> I, uh, the accent comes and goes a little, depending on where I am. I like to think that a little bit of mirroring helps people understand me better, but really it's a fundamental lack of self-belief and a desperate desire to be liked. I recently took the sleeper train from London to Inverness. I stepped on like Danny Dyer, got off like Rabsy Nesbitt. International travel's worse. The accent can't keep up. It's not uncommon on planes for me to ask for the vegetarian option and another of those little bottles of wine in one big international slur. One of the highest points in Kidderminster okay. was uh, where we used to broadcast the uh, pirate radio from. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Very interesting evening there. We didn't run the pirate radio station, of course. It was, um, ah, what's his name? We called him Star Express Taxis, which was his only sponsor. Star Express Taxis. And uh, he got us in because we were lively uh, young things. But uh, somehow he got a room yeah. a, uh, in the top floor flat there. He didn't live there. He just started uh, broadcasting from there. And it was just somebody's flat. 
Right. And uh, there was uh, me and the zoo crew uh, in there yeah, doing our bit. Wildfire uh, FM or whatever it was yeah. called. And um, at this, uh, in this, this young woman's flat, who nobody knew, she went, she seemed to be okay with us broadcasting a pirate radio station <laughs> from the top ceiling. Um, her boyfriend didn't know about it though when he came back from the Blue Bell. Oh dear. Many hours later. That was... That was a difficult time. Who, yes. who are all these men in our bedroom? What on earth are you doing broadcasting pirate radio? And uh, I think one of the one of the feats of broadcasting I'm most proud of was yes. turning that guy around. Well, that's almost like hostage negotiation, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? That's, uh, that's beyond. And, you know, really signing him up as a member of the Evening Time Fun Pal Zoo <laughs> Team, or whatever we were called. Hey, hey, what's this over here? I can see... Uh, that is oregano pizza. Oregano pizza. The old Pinky's piercing, Pinky's piercing parlour. Dress for less. Yep. Broken window. But next door. Oh yeah. There is. Uh, I can see two signs. Yep. Classic collectibles. Open brackets. Brian's bargains. Close brackets. Brian's bargains. Next yep. door to that. Oh yeah. Mr T's rock stop. And let me tell you, Tim. That is where we're headed right now. <laughs> So, Tim, uh, we've uh, just been to Mr T's famous rock stop. We have, yes. Uh, we've had a nice chat with Terry. Yep. Uh, Terry, somehow we managed to get the conversation around to talking about uh, Sade. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Whatever happened to her? Yeah, she may as well live on Mars now. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps she does, Terry. Uh, Mr T's rock stop, which is... Uh, has been there since the dawn of time. And yes. Um, and I don't know what you thought about it. It looked a little crowded, a little busy in the racks. There was just so much stuff in there. Yeah. You got, I, I don't really know where to start. I've seen too much in the past 10 minutes <laughs> to process. Previously, uh, that stuff, in no order at all, just piled up right. with T-shirts and stuff. And, and in just an enormous fire hazard. And you'd go in there, you'd pick out a pile of stuff, and he'd just tell you some kind of price. <laughs> And you could take it away. Now, things have got prices. Yeah, You're in the country, Tim. To the crackly gate. While Tim struggles with the gate, I should bring you some bad news. The sort of news it seems rather disrespectful to do in the K-Town twang. Just a week or so after we recorded this, I'm sorry to say that Francis Terry Thomas, the Mr T of Mr T's Rockstop Records, passed away after a bruising two-year battle with cancer. He passed away listening to the car stairs and surrounded by his close family. Our thoughts are with them, and especially to Other Terry, the managing director of the shop at this saddest of times. Mr T was a northern soul DJ who began uh, importing rare soul tunes from the States and selling them at all-nighters in Blackpool. In the mid-70s, he set up shop in Kidderminster with his pal, Other Terry, who at the time was predominantly a badge maker. Never underestimate the West Midlands' hunger for collecting badges. The Terrys still hold the record for the most CND badges made anywhere in the world, and yes, there is a record for that. And they still ship hundreds and thousands of predominantly mod badges overseas each year. Badges are big in Japan. By which I mean that the badges themselves are big in Japan, not that the badges are of the band Big in Japan. Though I dare say that they've uh, probably shipped a few of those in their time as well. 
The two Terrys work with the specials, Simple Minds, UB40 and Steel Pulse making badges. And probably pretty much all the other bands in the world as well, although I doubt that the artist knew too much about it. By the time I turned up there in the 1980s, they would pretty much print you anything with Michael Jackson or Wham on it. Ultravox oven gloves? Not a problem. Mr T soon added an extra shop spilling out of the back room. The magnificently named Mr T He's Novelties. The Terrys would rent bouncy castles, rubber chickens, mix and match gorilla suits and Elvis outfits, alongside the hundreds and thousands of records that people dragged in when the recording industry somehow convinced the world that its vinyl collection was completely worthless now that compact discs existed. This brilliant deception somehow perpetrated entirely by getting boring men in starchy suits with no discernible hairstyle to spread breakfast all over the discs and claim they still worked. And herein lie the seeds of what makes Mr T's utterly unique. The two Terrys were music fans first and foremost, but hoarders a very close second. They will have taken in a thousand times more records than they've ever sold, and they've never thrown anything away. By the time I was going regularly at the end of the 80s, the place was already overflowing with tottering piles of Dio discs and Tarkus tapes. Often if you did try and buy something, Mr T would stop you. Oh no, I can't let you have that, I'm afraid. When I revisited 20 years later, I needed a leg up to get through the door. Records I'd taken in decades earlier remained exactly where I left them. The fancy dress gear had escaped from the back room. Disembodied mannequins and monkey heads floating through the racks on seas of unsold copies of Rod Stewart's Atlantic Crossing. It was an explosion in a crap factory, and simultaneously the greatest place on earth. Other terriers attempted to try and turn the place into something resembling an actual shop in recent years. There are prices, sort of sections, and fewer Elvis wigs. Not none, but far fewer. You should go. You'd like it. They'll probably make you a cup of tea and leave you in charge while they go to get a sandwich. But it won't be entirely the same without the original Mr T. As an aside, I found out the sad news while I was queuing to get into the O2 Arena in London. The text pinged up and I couldn't help but exhale. Oh, Mr T died. Panic spread through the surrounding throng. Presumably, fearing for the welfare and checking for news on the 80s A-team favourite. No, not that one I tried to explain. Our Mr T, the music guy. But it was too late. Made a purchase, I bought uh, uh, Widowmaker's Too Late to Cry. Um, featuring uh, featuring Ariel Bender. Okay. Ex Mott the Hoople. The last airbender. Yeah, exactly. The last aerial bender. Reasonably local lads around here. Yeah. Of course he is. He's from he's an Evesham boy. Evesham? Okay. He's an Evesham okay. boy. Okay. Through there. Yeah. Uh, got Terry's seal of approval. Yeah, you have got that. You've got Terry's seal of approval, that's good. That's gone what's important. Yeah. I mean I can't can't begin to tell you the change that's undergone in that place. <laughs> slightly, now everything's slightly more expensive, which is bad, but at least we're not going to die in an enormous great vinyl fire. I saw was in the back room, uh, the framed cover of the, uh, what's the local paper called? Uh, I don't think that was the Express and Star, so that's Express the, uh, the Black Country paper. Okay, and a picture of uh, Robert Plant in January of this year. Yep. In uh, Mr T's. Yeah, uh, I'm in a browse. Must the uh, uh, my mom saw. We've 
we're heavy on the Robert Plant anecdotes on this podcast. <laughs> uh, but uh, my mum uh, saw him the other day in uh, the Oxfam charity shop okay. in town. And uh, he was in there going through the CDs. CDs? Oh, oh Rob. <laughs> I know. And, uh, That's how we call him. Bob, they would Bob. call him around here. Oh, call him Bob Plant. Or Percy, his nickname. Really? Where, where's that come from? Um, it's uh, about his penis. Oh, apparently. Um, uh, but they call him Bob around here. And uh, he was in the Oxfam and said, how come you've only got Robbie Williams CDs? <laughs> Is that what he said? Is what, apparently what he said to the, uh, to the lady behind the counter. What was the lady's response? Um, the little old lady. Yeah. <laughs> she said, because nobody sells the Zeppelin. <laughs> Is uh, oh, perfect. what apparently happened. Then my mum and uh, uh, Bob had a chat about the new vicar. <laughs> oh, okay. And... Uh... He's the new vicar. He's up to scratch, is he? I think she doesn't talk to me about the new vicar. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's uh, she. Uh, uh, so, um, for, the, uh, for the record, Andrew's mum has just uh, <laughs> just provided us with a delicious lunch. Very, yeah, very tasty. Uh, and a lovely bit of cake. Oh, it's a lovely bit of lemon drizzle cake. Uh, we're now cutting out the Kidderminster Town Centre part of our stroll as we uh, go up to the station uh, to pick up Big Paws the cat. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, Will travel as well in the travel cot. In the, tra- in the travel, travel cot. Travel basket. And uh, we, uh, well, you'll find an interesting thing out about, about the trains around here in a minute. <laughs> and uh, oh, maybe uh, we just have time for a delicious pint of Bathams as well whilst we're at it. Oh, oh. it Bathams, Bathams, or Banks's? We'll probably have both okay. today, I would have thought. I've been led to believe my, my West Midlands folklore yeah. uh, that Banks's is the. Uh, it's the pint of choice it's, uh, in this part of the world. It's definitely a day-to-day drink, but maybe a connoisseur likes a slightly eggy pint of Bathams. <laughs> we'll find out. Um, we'll find out soon enough. And then uh, before we make it to the Agbara, so uh, we'll speak to you in a minute. Hi. Just uh, as a little addendum to that bit, listeners. Um, uh, I think uh, Tim's uh, enjoyed his time so far. Not sure what he thought of the skinhead doing a wee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm slightly intimidated. In the middle of the park. Yeah, he really hasn't tried to hide that at all, has he? No, no. He was just uh, just weeing away. Take, as the... Taking great care not to wee on his cans, though. Yes. And by cans, I don't mean headphones. Yeah, as though we were at a Danish rock festival. If only he had a shoe I don't think he was. In case you were wondering, uh, anyway, that's, that's a callback to episode G, late night, the run from the going to the toilet. Um, You'd like it. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, hair salon there, yeah, that used to be uh, Crotchet Quaver Music, Tim. Crotchet Quaver Music? That's uh, um, Mike Crotchet. And Dave Quaver, yeah. <laughs> uh, gave a home to, let's call him uh, Jack Mitchell. <laughs> Used to work there for a while. Okay. Um, they used to certainly do uh, a lot of uh, shredding guitar solos, that sort of thing, up there. That's, um, uh, that's your birthright round here. Isn't exactly. It? And uh, he also used to, uh, I think, teach uh, euphonium <laughs> <laughs> out of there where he was. Uh, certainly in the top two or three euphonium players in the county. <laughs> There is competitive competitive euphoniumism uh, right there. We had been in K-Town for barely 20 minutes. And already there had been a run-in with a skinhead, a death, a eulogy and some lemon drizzle cake. In the next 10 minutes, we would discover a time machine on 
war zone and talk about Ted Bovis. I only mention this in case you have other podcasts you need to get to. Uh, have a little sit down here. Is, uh, hello, listeners. Uh, we are here. You might sense the acoustics have changed ever so slightly. Why is that, Andrew? Ah, we, it's because we've gone to the pub. Of course we have. Not just any pub, though. We're in the King and Castle Free House. Yep. Just off Station Hill. It is just off off the hill. I've been paying attention. We're in the King and Castle. uh, King and Castle. uh, Where the teenage rock band Cake would come and sit away from any young people that they might know, which was preposterous. Why would you do that? The rock club was over there. There's Big Pause. Our Big Pause is here. Uh, in a little carry case. So you walk through the bar. I walk through the bar. Yep. And it looked like a pub at a train station. Yep. And then uh, we bought a couple of pints of the local brew. Yep. Uh, three pounds five p. London London listeners, three pounds five p. And that is considered slightly expensive round <laughs> here. <laughs> and then we emerged into the beer garden, and we appear to have stepped back in time. Yeah. I some. Um, 70, 60 years? Yeah. Um, I'd say just pre-war. Just pre-war. 1940-something. Yeah. Uh, so it's not only a pub, it's also a time machine, which is... But that's an idea. Also an idea for a idea, Sunday night. Idea for a show. BBC show. Because they did used to film a, a TV show here. Can you remember what, uh, what that might be, Tim? Here? Yeah. In the Midlands? Here. It wasn't set in the Midlands. It was just set in the past. Uh, was it... Was it uh, the one with Nicholas Lindhurst where he... <laughs> no, it wasn't, no. Uh, what was that called? I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back, sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't that one? No. Was it... <laughs> I'm not sure I know. <laughs> you don't know. I don't have any ideas. Though. I know that it featured the cast and crew of Heidi High, but in a different setting. Oh, what was that called? I think it was called Oh, Dr. Beecham's. <laughs> oh, Dr. Beecham. Oh, Dr. Beecham. Something was like it? that. Yeah. Was it? Something like that. Okay. And it was set in... I think they, they, as well. they seem to film it around it. I think... Um, who's the big lad? Ted Bovis. <laughs> Ted Bovis? Well, he was Paul, on Heidi High. Paul McShane. Paul McShane, I Paul think. McShane? Paul Shane? Paul Shane. Paul McShane, <laughs> I think he's a footballer. Paul McShane, isn't he uh, Lovejoy? Stroke. Ian, Ian McShane. Yeah. I'd be good if he was in it, being all hard and deadly. Yeah, like a deadly cowboy. Like a deadly leather-skinned, leather-sofered... <laughs> cowboy man. <laughs> Led Zeppelin roadie cowboy man. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a few uh, news news things stuck up on the wall over there. I've yep. the ability to talk. Yep. What would you call that? Headlines. Headlines from, from the papers. Paper, and I think those are the papers that they're selling around here. Yeah. Uh, Fred Perry has just won at Wimbledon. Well, when's that? 1920 something. Well, I'd say 26. I'm yep. afraid okay. that's fake no news. Idea. It was 1934, uh, 1935, yeah. and 1936. His final triumph: a 6-1, 6-1, 6-1, 6-1, 6-1, 6-1, 6-1, 6-1, 6-1 6-1 6-1 6-1 6-1 6-1 6-1 6-1 6-1 6-1 6-1 6-1 6-1 6-
red berry t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Still cool. May '93. Yes. Uh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, they are. They, they're in good shape. Yeah. Good shape, aren't they? Good shape. Do them up to the top. Do them up to the top. Yeah. And button to the navel. Either way. <laughs> I'm a bit too necky to do them all the way up to the top. For a thinner man, that'd be a good uh, good look. Oh. Do you reckon? Yeah. I'd look a bit Wiggins, I reckon. Oh, you don't want, yeah. And that's not cool, is it? Not anymore. Yeah, no, certainly not anymore. I hope he didn't do it. I'm Jay sure for juicing, know. everybody. <laughs> so, yeah, here on the concourse, at the end of the, uh, the little area we're in. The oh, look, 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 look. Yeah. Here you go, Tim. A steam train. Here you go. See him? He's, uh, right. he's steaming up. My dad would love it here. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I think I was uh, explaining earlier, um, over the bank holiday weekend, uh, they do this place up like really hard Brexit, um, as though there's, you know, they put fake bombs outside. Every day of thing, things saying, passports and IDs must be shown. It's, um, and people dress up and have a great time, and you can go and see a Win uh, Winston Churchill impersonator uh, at the end of the train line. Okay. At Christmas, you can go and see Santa at the end of the train line. Not that I made it that far as a child, because I wept. I bawled my eyes out, not wanting to go into a dark tunnel to sit, sit on the knee of a very red-faced man. I can do that at home, <laughs> for free. Uh, <laughs> In our next episode, a great result, a zombie apocalypse, and a Viking invasion. Also, mini golf. Only in K Town. My bed.